Discover the key within yourself to unlock your best life. With the author of The Gift of Shift and Papayoti on episode number 202 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Over drinking, overeating, underperforming, underachieving at school. So I went from someone who had life planned out, had always been the good student, the good girl, to the opposites. And and I guess in a way, I and I started hiding from God, kind of like Eve behind the big leaf, because I was then then I felt shame. So my life as I knew it was completely gone. Now, eventually, I started picking myself up. I started taking some kind of responsibility for my life. And I said, I got to get out of here. This isn't good. And so one chapter in the book is called The Gift of the Band-Aid because we have to cooperate with time for healing. Hey, this is Bernie Lynn, author of Through the Storm of Early Trauma, where I help people heal and overcome early trauma. You're connected with Dr. Brad Miller, where he helps you navigate traumatic events on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What a pleasure and a privilege it is to have you with me here today as we continue to navigate and help you to grow through what you go through to navigate adverse life events such as depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death, and to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. This episode of the Beyond Adversity podcast is brought to you by the 40-Day Way, the coaching program you can find at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, which will help you to achieve and write out your promised life plan to help you to navigate adversity and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose in your life in just 40 days. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast where we have people speaking into your life to help you to navigate things. We have lots of, uh, of doctors and medical people, people in the psychological areas, self-help people, and people in financial areas to help you to navigate whatever has you stuck so you can crush adversity and achieve peace of mind. Let me ask you your question here today, friends. Have you ever felt like you were snake bit? Have you ever felt like you were snake bit and that everything in your life was just going south, going wrong? Our guest today, Ann Papayoti, literally was bit by a snake and caused her to have a severe illness in her life, which resulted in her being on the shelf for some time. But that's just a part of it. She had many other difficulties in her life, a broken romance. She had an abusive marriage. She had a child born with a, ser a serious disease. She had a member of her family uh, was a victim of suicide. 
several other things happened in her life. She indeed felt snake bit. We're going to talk today with Anne about all the feelings and all the things went on in her life in this episode of her life, and then what she did, the shift that she made in order to move through these difficulties and to achieve her best life. It's all about choices. So you're going to feel her story. You're going to learn her process about giving up on depression and resignation and unhealthy emotions and to choosing a better life and a new pathway forward. She calls it the gift of shift. She has her own coaching program at skyviewcoaching.com. That's where you can find her, skyviewcoaching.com. I know you're going to enjoy and profit from our conversation here today. When we come back on the other side of the interview, uh, we're going to talk about some of the takeaway points, some of the things that you can do to apply uh, Anne's teaching into your life. Her name, her name is Anne Papayoti. She uh, she blogs at skyviewcoaching.com. Let's get into our conversation with Anne right now. We have Anne Papayati with us. She has Skyview Coaching, which is all about helping you through the storms of life. But today we're really going to key in on her new book. It's called The Gift of Shift, which is discovering the keys within you to unlock your best life. It's all about how you can embrace wrapped gifts in your life and to adapt them in spite of the hardships and challenges that she, she has had and you have had. And she's had a number. I'll let her unpack the situations and challenges that she's had in life. But we all have them, and she's had them as well. And getting through them is the key to shift. So, Anne Papiati, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. I'm so happy to be here with you today. It is indeed an honor. I've looked through your material, and uh, you have had a number of challenges in your life. And this this podcast it's all about facing the reality that people have all kinds of difficulties that they that they deal with. It is a given in life that we have adversity, and yet some people get stuck, and some people go on a downward spiral, and they go into self-destructive patterns. We all have to face adversity. We have to always make choices. And so let's hear a little bit about your situation, the circumstances that led you to face some challenges in your life and that led you eventually to writing this book, The Gift of Shift. Tell us a little bit about your background. Give us context for our conversation today. Absolutely. Well, unlike many people, perhaps, that you may talk with about their adversity, I had a happy childhood. I was happy-go-lucky. Everything was great. I had my life planned out. I, you know, great parents, good upbringing. Broken Church. I'm from Alabama originally, had a Southern Baptist kind of background and 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 thought life in that realm. And until things did get turned upside down. And that started when I was about 20 years old. And it was from the betrayal of a friend. And betrayal is one of those most hurtful human experiences we can go through because everything we thought we knew to be true is turned upside down. So it's my best friend and the betrayal of my best friend was deliberate. And it was with the young man I thought I was going to marry. So I lost the two people closest to me at the same time. And I lost them to one another. So everything that I knew from childhood that had been, as I said, happy, carefree, 
without adversity was now just completely confusing because I was taught the golden rule. I thought that I was good to people. People would be good to me. I thought that life was going to turn out as it was planned. I also learned in childhood that when there was adversity, someone helped you resolve it. You went to the principal's office. <laughs> someone helped you resolve it. The, the teacher sat you down. The parents sat you down. There was no resolving this. There was no, let's sit down and figure it out. Therefore, I made it about me. So what was wrong with me that I I was not good enough as a friend or I was not good enough on some level? What did I do? The lesson that I learned eventually was that anything anyone says or does is about them. But I personalized it. I made myself a victim of someone else's actions. So the hurt, it hurt. Betrayal hurts. But I prolonged the hurt. And another lesson that I learned is that pain is inevitable in life. As you were saying, we're all going to go through things. But suffering is optional. But I prolonged my suffering from this betrayal. And I was a walking, talking wound for a long time. And then the betrayal became self-betrayal. So it's something you were alluding to earlier. My actions became self-punishing. Because I made it about me and I said, what's wrong with you? You must not be good enough on some level for this to be, for, for the people closest to you to have turned against you. And I felt like I was drowning because I was so confused about what was happening in my life. I started doing what I call the overs and unders, Brad. Over drinking, overeating, underperforming, underachieving at school. So I went from someone who had life planned out, had always been the good student, the good girl, to the opposites. And and I guess in a way, I and I started hiding from God, kind of like Eve behind the big leaf, <laughs> because I was then, then I felt shame. So my life as I knew it was completely gone. Now, eventually, I started picking myself up. I started taking some kind of responsibility for my life. And I said, I got to get out of here. This isn't good. And so one chapter in the book is called The Gift of a Band-Aid because we have to cooperate with time for healing. And so I said, I have to stop exposing my wound to that which keeps hurting me. So I changed schools, changed environments, got around different friends because the people who loved me kind of kept the wound alive by saying, I can't believe they did that to you. Just get over it. You know, things that weren't really helpful to me. So I did, I took some actions and I know you're all about action, Brad. I took some actions that looked like the right things and they were on a lot of levels, but there was still a hole inside me. And I hate that line in the Jerry Maguire movie, you know, you complete me. That led to that next thing. Okay. So what happened was, while well, I looked like I was coming out of it, I lost weight, got my you know choices, started making better choices in life, finished school at a different university, got a good job. I ran into the next relationship, and that next relationship was someone who knew us all back when. Okay. And there, because there was a hole in me, there was a needy heart. I had not fulfilled myself. I needed to hear what he had to say. He said, 
he built me up with his words. He filled that hole in my heart and I felt like I was completed. And it felt like what? It felt like love. Because I thought this was love. I had loved her. I had loved him. And that was desecrated. That must not have been love. Well, this must be love. And it was, again, a very confusing time in my life. Well, unfortunately, he happened to be a narcissist. And those of us who know about narcissistic relationships or in relation with them, they idolize you at first. So built me up only eventually to tear me down. So that led to an abusive, unhealthy marriage where I was felt like I was just thrown overboard again, drowning again, lost. And the only people who could save me were all these people who kept betraying me on some level. So eventually, Brad, I had to figure out how to do it for myself. Wow. So you had this kind of similar pattern happening here. You had the betrayal with your prior relationship and ended up with a narcissistic relationship uh, with your husband and you were married to this person. And yes, did that marriage last or or not? It lasted longer than it should have. It lasted eight years, but three months into the marriage, I knew that I had made a mistake because Mm -hmm. that's when the tables turned and But here again, now I've lost because I had not completed myself. There's that hole again. Well, it must be me. I made it about me again. It must be me who's not worthy. It must be me who's not desirable. It must be Mm -hmm. me who's at fault. And so it just solidified the messages from the the previous um, experience. And here I was lost at sea again. So it took... um, this experience and it, and I'm going through this again and I'm just completely lost. And I, I describe it as at sea because that's what it felt like. I would go underwater. I feel like I was drowning. I come up for air just long enough and get pushed back down. And it was, I'm sorry, go ahead. You were lost yeah. and you were at sea and, and there's other life still happens even in that eight years, even yeah. when you're lost at sea, life still happens for instance, like were there children involved with your marriage? Yes. So, so that's just another factor that comes into play here. And mm-hmm. other things happen, job, career, other relationships, mm-hmm. finances, health related, all kinds of things come into play. Yeah. Life happens and you still have, but you still have this underlying issue of how you've dealt with unhealthy relationships and these patterns that you're in. And so when you're in something unhealthy and not, you either stay stuck in it or you mm-hmm. go into decline, kind of despair and other things that people go into, or you choose to break out of it and, and you choose to take some actions to get you out of it. So what are some of the things that you began to do out of all this mm-hmm. pattern that you're in to do something different, to take some actions, to break these patterns? I feel like I was one of these people who my job kept me afloat okay. because that was like a life outside of this life. So I was successful at my job. So in a way, though, it allowed me to stay longer than I should have and not take the action necessary to break out of it. So I had this job and I, so it gave me this mask of achievement. And so the, I'm succeeding on to the outside world. Everything looks okay mm-hmm. and successful and, and achieving and, and moving forward. And it, it reminds me of uh, something I share in the book in the chapter called the gift of buoyancy. 
back home in my state of Alabama, my dad taught me how to swim in Lake Cosby, but he insisted I learn how to float first. And I remember I was very impatient with this as a child because I I wanted to learn how to swim because that meant I could go on the other side of the rope where the kids could could go off the diving platform and hang out in there and all in the deeper water and play games. But he said, no, you're going to learn how to float first because if you only learn how to swim, you're going to wear out and tire out and eventually sink and possibly drown. So float first. And I had no idea how important that life lesson would be. But what I realized, I was just going, I was just swimming, 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 swimming. And that's what I had done after the betrayal in at university. I had swum to the first boat because I was tired. I had a hole in me, right? And I swam to the first boat, which was this relationship that felt like love. Because I hadn't healed myself. I hadn't stopped and floated and reflected and figured things out. Swam to the first boat. So now here I'm just going, going, going in my professional life into the outside world. And even though people were starting to pick on, pick up on that, I defended it because it was embarrassing and humiliating that this was how I was living at home. But the first thing that happened that started waking me up was I had a child in the marriage who was born prematurely and who passed away at two weeks of age. Oh my. Okay. And I talk about this in the chapter called The Gift of Charlie Brown. And when I went through this very deeply personal loss and experience with grief, I realized that my, that, that, that this child came for a reason and I had to find meaning and purpose for his life. And I found it and I found it through an opportunity that came to, to speak to a group of resident intern pediatricians and, and to bring his story to them that they could carry with them throughout their careers. But after he passed, I was, I felt God grooming me and preparing me to, um, lead my life with more purpose as well. But in that moment, I felt that God and, and my son had changed my husband. And so I actually stayed thinking that part of his, my child's purpose was to create this change and this awakening. And it did for about six months. I would okay. like to think it, I, I'm sure it changed my ex-husband. I'm sure it changed him on some level, but the permanence and that I had hoped for was not there. Okay. And we, but we conceived another child during this kind of period of, of respite right. and peace. And it was this child and during this child's toddlership, I, I'll call it, that I continued to be groomed. I like to say I went to God's beauty school because I truly yeah. felt like he was grooming me and constantly grooming me, preparing me for the act of courage that it would take to leave my marriage because okay. the abuse started right away again while I was pregnant with, with my second son. Oh my. But when he was 22 months old, as I share in the gift of grits chapter, he stood between me and his six foot four father. And I'm five foot three if I stretch. Okay. And he said, He's 22 months old and he says, no, dad, no. And he says, mama, dad, I'm bad. I mean, he mm, called it oh what my. it was. Oh and my I, goodness. Yes. And dramatic, dramatic. Mom, Sometimes you have these moments that are just pivotal. They're just a yeah. aha moments. What are you going to call it? But there are moments of enlightenment and they can come from any yes. place. Sometimes it's from a song or sometimes it's from somebody else in their life 
or even a book or something. In this case, it was for from your toddler who gave you that that moment, that's right? Right. That's right. And sometimes when we and and I knew I was making these progressive steps of. I felt myself being prepared to have that courage, but I feel like for all of us, Brad, there's a moment in time when we're ready for change that crosses with opportunity. And, and I talk about in, in this, I'm scared of heights. And I talk about in this chapter, it's like I was on the proverbial diving board and I'm shivering. It's like, you can't go back down the ladder, but you're too scared to dive off. Right. And I'm shivering. But in that moment, when my son did that, I dove. Yeah. I'm like, it's now. And I dove and I told my husband he had to leave and he laughed at me. And it wasn't an easy transition to, to end up going through divorce with, with him, but yeah. I did it. And you know, it was exhilarating and frightening at the same time, but I took that dive in that moment that that opportunity presented itself. And that's one thing that I've learned. And these, these gifts of shift is shifting your, your perspective and, and grabbing onto the opportunity to see things differently, going through the grief with the death of my first son, but hold, grabbing onto the opportunity that was presented to give meaning to his life by sharing his story with these 60, 70 pediatricians that were going to touch so many other families and knowing that that, if nothing else, that that was something that my son did. And then this opportunity, taking care of using this opportunity, we have to grab hold of opportunities. But to do that, Brad, what do we have to do? We have to look up from our pain. We have to get out of the darkness. And when we do, there's light. And when we see light, we see options. And when we see options, we have choice. Okay. Well, let's pause here for a second. I want to reflect with you just, just a, a second here, Anne, that uh, you have this, these situations going. You have the death of a child, which is trauma and one of the you know deepest levels of stress anyone can have. You have another child, another level of stress. You have the history of difficult relationships and you have the present relationship, which is not good. And you also have, you know, abuse going on and we don't need to get all the details of that, but that must've been horrifying in its own right. And you even mentioned about the physical differences have to be intimidating and that type of thing. So you have all this going on, which also means you have all this turmoil in your head and you also have this history of keeping the same patterns going on. But the decisions that you made, let's just kind of clarify them. You had a, your aha moment. You, you made your aha moment to move schools, things like that. You had your aha moment that had to do with, you know, this, what your your toddler child said, the jump off the diving board moment. Then you actually verbalize that because not everybody does that. Some people have that aha moment, then don't act on it. You yeah. had to verbalize that to your ex-husband. And then you had to do whatever steps came next. And you said there something about looking up to some illuminating place. And I want to go with you there for, and because we're, you know, everybody, everybody has pain, but what they do with it makes a difference. But the transformation takes place from not only the external actions that we take, I call that kind of the physical, but also takes place when we connect with that illumination or that higher power or that spiritual enlightenment, whatever it is for, for each of us. And Tell me, was that a part of your experience, some sort of a spiritual track that helped you here? Or tell me about any part of that kind of a, connecting to something greater than yourself as a part of this transformation process for you. Absolutely. And there are so many things. I think when I finally chose to take responsibility for the, uh, for my life, for my own outcomes and, and choose to rather than see life as happening to me, 
but happening for me. What I realized was I could hear, <laughs> I could hear a connection that had always been there, but that I had sort of filtered out, if that makes sense. Because okay. when I was down and letting it at the effect of life rather than at the cause of it, when I was at the effect of it and everything was confusing and dark and I'm underwater, I mean, think about when you're underwater, everything's muffled. <laughs> and so, so when I was underwater, everything was muffled. So I, it's like, I wasn't hearing God or my spiritual connection or any kind of divine guidance. But when I stopped holding my breath and surfaced and literally chose to say, okay, I'm going to float like my dad taught me and I'm going to reconnect to my breath, to my heartbeat, to who I am at the core, the truth of who I am, which is, you know, a child of God and who I was created to be. And I was not created to live this way. I was not created to suffer. I was created to live my best life. And what does that look like? And I'm responsible for that. And when I did that, I could hear again and I could connect again. And I noticed and I looked back, I'm like, wow, you know, it's that whole footprint. <laughs> I was like, okay. this is where. He was always looking this, 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 this. And I could see all the, all the, the times that, that God was with me when I lost my son, when I told my ex to leave and my neighbor was outside. I, I, I tell in the book where I felt angels coming under my arms and truly lifting me. And I saw my neighbor on his deck and there was a comfort about knowing there was a witness. And I, the fact that he was outside smoking his cigar just gave me peace. And I mm. knew my ex-husband seeing him also told him he needed to, to do what I asked, which was unusual. You know, wow. So there were just all these different little spiritual connections and moments that I might have missed had I been underwater and, and not paid attention. But again, rising up to the light, they're there. We just have to notice our lives. Yeah. And, well, that, that's awesome because that's that connection. We are disconnected when we are disconnected from that force. Then everything is muddled. It is, you know, you're not floating there. You're, you're sinking yes. in your, your, your metaphor. And, but it does take, you know, you have to be open to that connection. You got to do your, your part to make that connection happen. And that's, that's right. awesome. And the, another part of this whole process here, Ann, and I picked it up in what you're talking about is you talk about shift here you know, shifting from kind of one way of life to the other. And you're talking about kind of seeing the gifts and bad stuff that's happening, see the gifts in that in, in your book. But let's talk about how that plays out, that how, you, you know, how you actually apply that. What I'm talking about here is the the cognitive piece or okay. you know, how you do generate new patterns, new disciplines, mm -hmm. uh, new habits in your life that help you be a healthier person and to move forward to, you know, to the as a woman you are now, as a coach, and as a person who has uh, something to offer to others. But what are some of the shifts that you made that you teach others now? What are some of the things that you do? I recognize, first and foremost, that everything was energy. And that I had to own my thought life. And that even my thoughts are energy. And that they're going to affect everything and everyone in my realm. And so when I took responsibility for my life, I had to recognize, like you said, it's not just actions, but my thoughts were actually creating how I feel and that my feelings or my emotions were dictating what I did or didn't do. And a lot of 
by default was to not do. That's why I stayed in the marriage so long, right? My default naturally is to go to helpless, hopeless, defeated. Hmm. And one thing I had to do was get mad. (laughs) I had to get mad, Brad, and not to get mad in a way that's rude or ugly. That would be going against my true nature. And that would also be self-sabotaging and self-defeating. And I'd done enough of that. (laughs) But I'd get mad long enough to fuel myself out of that depressive, bottom, self-loathing place and get mad and say, I will not live like this any longer. This is not what I'm called to do. And by You you can get mad and motivated, but you also get mad and depressed and destructive. You can get mad and and constructive. And that's what I'm talking about here. That's right. I used it for fuel. Just like now I can get mad at my current husband, number two, who's amazing, by the way. But I can get, we can, I can be mad at him. And my fuel is I got to do something physically and I'll go just do the dishes. And it's done. So it's not about not, we're human. We're going to experience human emotions. And when we interpret something as stress, we pretty much have a default. We're either going to feel, you know, defeated or or, or, or angry on some level, it's not about not going there. It's about not getting stuck. So what I've learned is after awareness comes choice and that's self mastery, Brad. And I have made a commitment to self mastery to intercept myself before I take an action or get stuck in an inaction, something apathetic or lethargic. And I know a lot of people who may be listening, who may feel like they can't affect change in their life, say, I just can't. And when you think you can't, you won't. So you have to pull yourself up. And if you have to get mad long enough at where you're at just to fuel yourself up to say, I'm going to do something differently, that's responsibility. And that's that first level up in the light. And that first level up in the light of thinking that you're going to take responsibility for your life allows you to feel what I call the F word in our business, Brad, and you don't have to bleep me. <laughs> I'm, not going, I'm not planning on it, but look, lay, lay it out right. here. Okay. It's forgiveness. Yes. And it's not Mother Teresa level forgiveness, Brad. It's forgiveness just at the level of letting go. I'm going to let go of the people, the places, the things, kind of like I tried to do when I left the university that will sink me down into that victim and conflict thought life that creates those feelings and therefore the actions or inactions that are not serving me. So letting go is the lesson. That's the level of forgiveness, even for yourself, especially for yourself, so that you could cooperate with life to create the outcomes that you really, really want and deserve. Then you can move up into love and compassion, and then you can move up into Connection, like you're talking about, that's when you can hear and listen and connect to your higher consciousness, your uh, intuition. I think the forgiveness piece there, Anne, if you allow me, also connects to what you said a second ago about the energy piece. What I mean by that is if you are not, uh, if you choose not to forgive or you allow yourself to be dissolved into anger that is destructive or bitterness, mm-hmm. That is energy depleting, and that just takes you down to a bitter place. And really, that's not a good place to be either personally or in relationship with with others. It doesn't help you build anything new if you're bitter. You get stuck there as well. To get better means to be forgiving. doesn't mean you forget. There's still justice. There's still 
you know, all kinds of other things, accountability, all kinds of things still apply. That's you right. know, forgiveness doesn't mean being walked over, by the way. It also it means to be a strong person, a strong woman, a strong man, a strong family, a strong marriage, whatever it is, is a forgiving place. But you also remember, and, you know, you can get mad without getting even and all that kind of stuff. So I, I admire that. And I just want to commend you on that because that's a huge shift, as you say. And then another shift you've made here, I believe, in, in what you teach is how then you shift then to using your experience as fuel, not only for your own healing and your own um, self-actualization, but also to serve others. And I sense that you now have a passion about this. You now have a passion that is based on any on an emotion in your life that that you have felt uh, some love and some care and some concern. Other people have come into your life. You've mentioned, you know, mentioned your current husband, for instance. I'm sure there's other people who have come into your life have been helpful to you. But something has then caused you to want to share this with others, with your book and with your coaching program. So share with us a little about that, about what motivates you to serve other people through this book and through your coaching. And what's a little bit, you've shared some of the things about your book, but what's involved with that? You know, when I, when I look back again to childhood, when we would write in a little school book, my mom uh, kept for me what you wanted to be when you grew up. It was consistently, for the most part, teacher and sometimes nurse, sometimes a stewardess. I don't know how I knew what that was because I'd never flown till later, but I did become a flight attendant and ended up with a 17 year airline career. But even in that, I was trained to save lives, right? As a lifeguard, after becoming a swimmer, competitive swimmer, trained to save lives, teacher. I'm doing all that now, but I also see how I, God worked in my life to take me down a path. It wasn't the direct path that I thought I'd be in fourth grade at the blackboard, but God took me down a different path. I was in training and facilitation with the airline eventually. And when I went to support group for separation and divorce for myself, which was one of the actions I did to help myself heal, they tapped into me to take it over. I started serving in that way 25 some odd years ago and still do lead support groups for the community. And I recognized that I wasn't fully healed when I started, but you cannot help but help yourself when you help someone else. And it started that way. And then through life, as I gave up my, my corporate career to move out of the country to Canada at some point for my now husband to pursue his career on a, on a different scale. I found myself at home as a stay at home mom. And I had to wrestle again with change and transition and loss and, and grieving, but also choice. And I chose joy in that. And it was, it was a wrestle. It was a little dance between joy and fear. What am I doing? Here I go. What if this doesn't work out? But I chose it. But in that came opportunity. Again, we spoke about grabbing home and the opportunity was to serve in a new way. And that was to work uh, with personal development for adults. And everybody wanted a little more of me and a little more of me. And they wanted that one-on-one -on -one time. And so I then became a coach. But what I've learned is, and I love this quote, tell the story of the mountain you climbed. It may become a page in someone else's survival guide. Hmm. And that's when I decided, okay, this is what people are saying they want from me. I'm going to do that. I'm hearing you. I can hear you now. God, this is where I'm at. And I, I realized that life can be challenging. It still has been challenging for me. I had 
another son in my second marriage diagnosed with epilepsy and high functioning Asperger's had lots of social and academic challenges. Yeah, the challenges and the adversities don't quit. Learning how to respond to them rather than react to come from that higher energetic perspective and, and noticing the resilience and that, that I've learned to how to overcome adversity, go beyond it and not get stuck in it, as you say, which I love, but through this, I've learned that this is where I belong, helping people. I, I, somebody called me. I'm a flashlight on their path. I've just been down at, ahead of many people, still go through some of my own, still have to work through. I think we're all a work in progress on some level. Right, right. But I do believe but, this is where. Well, tell us about you, you. You have a coaching program, skyviewcoaching.com, and you have your book, The Gift of Shift. And so, folks, and we'll put uh, connections to all that at our website, drbradmiller.com. Tell us what a story about someone who's connected with you through your coaching, through your book, or some some connection that you have that you've seen some sort of transformation in. Let's hear a testimonial story. Oh, absolutely. I meet a lot of people in what I would call or they would call survival mode. So many of their stories sound similar in the beginning, but someone that I that's coming to mind, I'll refer to them as D, came to me in a job that they were miserable in, but they were also going through a relationship breakup at the time and they were just lost. They felt sad. You know, this would be a word they described. They felt alone. And they really, really did not know what they wanted. And so working together, we, we figured out really what, who she was and, and what she wanted. And then she was able to make different choices, change jobs, change careers totally, a whole different path and then let go of this love, redefined love, actually. And recognize some patterns in relationships that were not serving her. And let's fast forward a couple of years. She's now in a very healthy, stable relationship, this new career, and she's very happy. So I think the lesson is always in being able to have awareness, recognize choice, and letting go of what doesn't serve. And and that's an example of a typical client really struggling in that water, needing to learn how to reflect and float. And then recognizing, kind of reconnecting to who they are. At the sure. Course that and that's an affirmation to you and what your work is as well. And so let's just say there's a D out there listening to our conversation here. What are they going to find at skyviewcoaching.com or if they pick up your book, The Gift of Shift? Shift. What are they going to find that's going to be helpful to them? I think what you're going to find, and, and let's just talk about The Gift of Shift for a minute, because it's different than your typical self-help book. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with academia and they'll, they give up with these books, even though they're well intended. The gift of shift is a collection of short, personal, sometimes intimate stories. And they're told in a way for the reader to connect to the theme of the story. While your story will be different after each story are five coaching questions. And the goal of those questions is for the reader to reflect on how that theme is played out in their life and be reminded of a time where they had a success where there was a strength or something about them that they got through that because we forget our successes, right? So they can use that now to overcome an adversity that they're going through or recognize how they may still be stuck in a story and use those questions to start creating a momentum so they can create a shift 
and start working through that and come out on the other side. So that's what they're going to find in the gift of shift, 12 common life themes. We've all been through, you know, everything we've had to through grief. We've experienced betrayal in some level in our life. We've all had to hold on to hope or find courage or figure out a way to be true to ourselves or quiet that inner critical voice. So I think they'll find the gift of shift helpful. And on my website, they can sign up for my newsletter. They can connect to me for one-on-one or small group coaching or, or find some kind of group class they might be interested in. Well, several opportunities here, an incredible story that is a common story, really. In many ways, people, everyone's felt betrayal. Many people have felt abuse. It is epidemic, as you know, in many, yeah. in many people's lives. And, you know, even the, the losses that you've had and dealing with disease that you've had to deal with are common themes. We all got to deal with them and you give us some tools to do just that. And I love the, the two metaphors that you use the most or you use in your book about opening gifts that may be kind of unexpected gifts out of the pain, out of the, you know, kind of serendipitous type of experience that you would have of opening a gift that is not expected to be helpful to you, but it is. So the gift and then the shift, the shift to me to say is the action. You've got to, to take some action to do that, to unlock your best life. Her book is The Gift of Shift. Discover the key within to unlock your best life. And her, her coaching program is at skyviewcoaching.com. Her name is Anne Papayati. And uh, Papayati, and we thank you for being our guest today, Anne, on the Beyond Adversity podcast. I know that you profited from our conversation today with Ann Papayoti from skyviewcoaching.com. She really spoke, speaks to the issue of what to do in your life when you indeed feel snake bitten. You heard her story of all the things that went through in her life and then her process. And we learned about her process. But here's your takeaway point here uh, today, friends. What can you do about it? Well, one thing you can do is pick up her book, which, uh, which is The Gift of Shift. You can pick up her book and then also at her website, skyviewcoaching.com. And we'll put uh, links to all these things there. But she has a course that you might want to, uh, to check out. It's called Beautifully Broken. It's a three-part online course to learn how to trust yourself and others to get over heartbreak. I think you'll profit from it, and it's something that you can do. And there are some other helpful resources in her coaching program at skyviewcoaching.com. Here at drbradmiller.com, my website, we're all about helping you to overcome or navigate adversity to achieve your best life as well. We like to call it your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We are sponsored by the course called The 40-Day Way, which you can find at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way, which is the course which I teach, which has to do with helping you to develop your promised life plan, your written out document, which will help you to navigate adversity in your life and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and to do so in just a few weeks and 40 days. You can always head over to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast, which are designed to help you to grow through what you go through as you speak to experts and leaders who can speak into your life and help you to deal with depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We call those the five D's of adversity. Know that you can do it. We're here to help. 
My name is Dr. Brad Miller. You can find me at drbradmiller.com. Look forward to being with you again soon. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, friends, remember to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.